this week's Sportlight Podcast, longtime E4A member and current assistant women's basketball coach at the Air Force Academy, Nicole Hain. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. We are joined by assistant basketball coach at the Air Force Academy, Nicole Hain. And Nicole, you've been a longtime member of Especially for Athletes. You went through our program in high school. I still remember a cool picture of you dribbling a basketball with one of our wristbands on your wrist there. And just to give people your background, so you graduated, you played basketball at Maple Mountain High School, and then you graduated and went to the College of Southern Idaho, one of the best uh, junior colleges in the country in around the Twin Falls area of Idaho. Tell us about your career there at Southern Idaho. Um, Yeah, I played a with a lot of really great players, a lot of girls who ended up transferring and playing Division One basketball as well as Division Two across the different divisions. Um, my coach, incredible guy, um, and my assistant coach there was great too. Um, but yeah, he I think he just got 600 wins this past season. Um, I was able to be his one part of his 500th win while I was there. So if that speaks, that was about five years ago now. So the fact that he got about 100 wins in that span, it's pretty incredible. So it was a great experience there. And then, yeah, transferred after that. And and where did you go after that? So I went to Texas A&M International. It's in Laredo, Texas. Um, I would say one of the best conferences in Division II, the Lone Star, when I was there. Um, we competed against the national champions both seasons I was there. And yeah, it was great experience. Loved it. Super hot. Very hot. Met great people. Was fortunate and blessed to have a really good last season there. I was defensive player of the year in the conference. I was first team all conference. And I mean, we all know in a team sport, you can't really get any of those accolades without your teammates. So just, just obviously blessed to have good people around me. Yeah. And then you had a fifth year available to you because of COVID, right? Yeah, I know. I always, I mean, people always like, oh, COVID, so bad, all the things. And I think I mean, COVID being a thing was probably one of the biggest blessings in my life up to this point. I was recruited, ended up choosing to go to Valdosta State University in Valdosta, Georgia, and just a place that's very, very dear to my heart now and just absolutely loved it. My last year there, my team, we were able to make it and compete all the way up to the Elite Eight in Division Two, which was incredible. It was awesome. Um, we won the South Region Tournament. Had my, One of my teammates was an All-American. She's phenomenal. Had one of the best coaches I've ever played for and just great teammates. So huge blessing and couldn't be more grateful for my experience and time there. And that kind of launched into your coaching career, right? Because you stayed on graduate assistant. Yeah, so it gave me the opportunity to start my master's, which, I mean, overall, athletics for me has just been a great opportunity to um, just get an education. I can say I have three degrees, all of it debt-free, and just was around great people, uh, great professors, uh, learned a lot. 
But yeah, with having that extra year with my master's, I knew when I transferred that I wanted to get into coaching. And so when I was on my recruit trips, I was like, hey, I'm interested in coaching. Would you give me a graduate assistant year if they had that opportunity at the university? And thankfully at Valdosta State, they did. And yeah, so I was able to play for one of the best coaches I know and then work alongside her for a year. And that that's something I could never repay or get time back for. So it was great. And then you went and played professional basketball for a little while. I did. Yeah. So she she gave me a little break and let me pursue, keep pursuing my passion of playing basketball. And that kind of scratched the itch of being done with college and playing at a higher level. And I went was able to go back to Columbia, which I'm originally from there. So it was a very sweet moment to be in my home country and playing against great competition there. And making relationships again, sports is just so much of relationship building and friendships and the camaraderie behind everything. And that was just great to build relationships with girls there that whenever I do go back and visit and see family that I can see them. And, you know, just even though it was just a a month, there's so much you can just still reminisce on and (laughs) funny things that happen that you can talk about. So um, that was really fun. We won the league. And it was just a great way to kind of cap off my playing career. So uh, now this is a complete side note, but I know a little bit about your family. Your mom was the national golf champion of Columbia for a number yeah. of years. Is that correct? Seven so- times. Yeah. So um people were like, Oh, you're probably the best athlete in your family, kind of joking around with me. And I'm like, nope. My mom definitely has that crown. I don't ever know if I won't be able to pass that up. But yeah, seven time national champ. She was South American champ too. Um, two times, I believe. So uh incredible. Super incredible. cool. That's yeah. awesome. Can she beat you at golf still? Oh yeah, I think she she can beat anyone in golf. I mean, that's the, it's always funny because I'll go golfing with her because I've I've learned I really like him, not very good, so I get frustrated. <laughs> but I do really enjoy it, and she just makes it look so easy and seamless. And she's like, and I get like, ah, oh, like you're so good, and things like that. And she's like, well, I can't play basketball like you do, and things like that. So we always sort of like we kind of stay in our lanes and understand that we're kind of better at this sport and that sport, but we still like to do them with each other. So it's good. Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. And also, so now we see the logo there and I, I introduced you as this, but recently all of that. And I think this is so cool, Nicole, because sometimes people concentrate on, you know, like we'll take a high school football player. If you're not going to Alabama or Georgia, you know, here in Utah, BYU, University of Utah, Utah State, then they kind of look at it like, oh, is it even worth going on and playing sports? And you went to College of Southern Idaho, and then you (laughs) made these other stops. Mm -hmm. And now it's landed you as an assistant coach at the Air Force Academy. Tell us what, I know you've only been there for a couple of weeks now, but Tell yeah. us what it's like to step into now as a Division One basketball coach. What, how's that been? Tell us what you what you're loving about it. You know, it's it's so surreal. Like you said, like all these little stops. I mean, everyone always talks about when you play junior co- college. You know, you got to trust the process and see like the outcomes you can get out of it. And you know, it's it's just so surreal. I mean, the just being out of service academy and the prestigiousness there is behind that is just just not pressure but it means a lot 
Mm-hmm. It means a lot to be here. And being a, a cadet athlete here means a lot. And there's a lot of sacrifice and service behind that. And um, just being an immigrant to the country, becoming a citizen, like just even working here has just made me, I guess, a little bit more patriotic as well. Understanding so much that goes behind just service to the country after they're at the academy and just in general what people in the military go through. So that's that's one thing for sure. And then just being at the division one level is is just awesome. I mean, just a side note, like getting giddy about all this gear I got. I'm like, oh my gosh, so much clothes. I can wear like a new shirt for like almost a month and I'll never be repeating one. Oh. <laughs> you know, so that, that's a little fun stuff and the, you know, little things that come with ha- being at a division one. But, you know, I'm working under a legend in the women's basketball. She's been coaching for so long. She also has 600 wins. Um, she's coached at Power Five schools, the Ivy League, now at a service academy. Just great, great mentor to have. And as well as all my other coworkers, they've been great. So it's been a learning curve. You know, things are done a little bit different here, but you get that in the institution. So, you know, just kind of the rigors of having a new job and becoming familiar with the new area and moving and this and that, but it's been really good. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, well, that's, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. We've watched you grow up. I could tell everyone who's listening to us, we're going to move into some of the advice you have, but for our listeners, for the athletes that listen, but I, Nicole, I will forever remember how much you and your sisters and I would I would go to a local church house and I'd hear a ball bouncing and I didn't have to wonder <laughs> wonder who's in in the gym there. It was always I mean you were getting up shots every single day yeah. and uh you haven't landed where you are by happenstance. I know it's been a lot of grit, a lot of work a lot of passion. And so we're super proud of you. I think you're a great example of the things we teach it, especially for athletes. So we're excited to have you on this podcast and to get your advice on some things. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's go into the first thing. There's a principle that you said you would never, you've kind of never forgot. It stuck with you. And that's the principle that we teach in regard to winning the hour and going 16 and oh, meaning that you you sleep eight hours, you have 16 hours of a day, you intentionally use those 16 hours to get the most out of life. Tell us what you've learned about that principle as you've tried to apply it through these many different different levels of basketball and life that you've gone through. Yeah, I think that stuck with me so much because you I found myself so many times like in high school in class just kind of sitting there maybe I was a little bit engaged in class and then I was just like oh, I kind of got the information I need or you know just in different areas I I think social media wasn't maybe as big then as it is now but you know people always talk about like, oh I was I'm on my bed and two hours have passed and I didn't realize you know so I I knew the goals I had I knew I wanted to be a collegiate athlete and I I was like, what things do I need to change in my life to get to that point? And I think that's what stuck with me is like, if I am intentional about every hour of my day, that is going to get me to where I want to be. You know, you know, eyes up doing the work. If I'm going to do the work, that means I have to be intentional with every hour. And 
it got to the point, and even now, like sometimes when I have too much free time, I'm like, what am I doing? I was like, I'm like, I'm not doing what I, I'm not taking advantage of my day. I'm not taking, I know we would get days off during the season sometimes. And I'd be like, oh. I tell my kids, like, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. We don't have practice. And they're like, you're going to relax. And I'm like, no, like we're in season. Like I need to get stuff done. Like I need to be doing stuff. Like I need to be getting shots up. And they'll be like, oh, Nicole, that's just you. Like you can relax for a little bit. So I think it stuck so much with me because I saw moments in my life where I wasn't being as intentional with my time and having that intentional and that discipline behind your day and actually having a purpose that that changes everything that changes what you're doing in school that changes your relationships with your family you know always the big thing in my family was to have family dinner and there's never been any phones there's never been anything and having that intentional time with my family that that has meant everything to us and it's made it so that now as all of my sisters were all adults we still like want to have that time with each other when i when we all are together and when we're not we make that time to talk with each other and catch up and things like that but it was because we were intentional and that became a habit to us and i think that 16 and 0 is also developing such good habits to lead you to other places so it was just such a fundamental thing for me in those high school years to be like be intentional be disciplined work hard, have meaningful relationships, spend meaningful time doing X, Y, Z things that are important to you, but don't think, oh, I don't know if this is important to me. I don't know if I'm going to really commit to this. You know, it was, it was the level of commitment to your life. And I think that's why it really is like, I need this. I need this commitment. I need this to move forward and be successful. That's really cool. So I think sometimes those who go on and play college sports and those who do the things that you've done, yeah. when they're a high school athlete, they think they understand like the price of being great. You know, they think they understand the price of being good. And yeah. then as you progress through the levels of sports that you've progressed through, mm-hmm. there is there's something that you learn about the price of truly being great. But if you were to talk to 10th grade, Nicole Hain, what could you teach her about what it takes to really be good at something that maybe you didn't understand when you were when you were in 10th grade? Yeah, I think one thing is to take things seriously and enjoy it and have fun and work hard at it. But I think so many times back then, I put so much pressure on myself that I loved what I was doing. But like, subconsciously it wasn't fun like I wasn't enjoying it and it wasn't until I went through more of college and understood more it was like there isn't so much pressure behind things like you want to have pressure because if you don't have pressure you're not you're not going to be great you need pressure to move forward but I think I would I would be get so upset and this happened in college too but I would get so upset when we lost which I think is a normal thing out of a competitor but I would get so upset and it was like, it would just con- control me and like almost like manipulate me for like that evening or for the next day. And so I think something I would tell myself is work hard, but there isn't this like pressure that you like or fear of not being successful that needs to like 
kind of like have a chokehold on you. Yeah. And then other than that is just working hard, like as much as whatever you, I think obviously people have different athletic abilities, you know, some people are blessed with them and some people aren't. And sometimes that takes some people further than others, but you can give what you want to give at that moment. And if you power through it and are mentally tough and work through what it needs to be and you have goals, I think setting goals is huge and having smaller goals to achieve those that will, that will power through the rest of high school, the rest of college and the rest of your life. Yeah, that's really cool what you said. I think every now and then we become too outcome oriented and we only feel successful if we achieve certain outcomes. But I like what you said about about we have these limits sometimes as athletes, right? My brother, who's a mental health professional, he's been on our podcast before, but he talked, there's something called the reaction zone, right? And the reaction zone is take someone where they are, what is their maximum potential? And the reaction zone of one individual might not be the same as another. So the reaction zone or range is where they are versus where they could be. Obviously, someone who's playing in the NBA right now or the WNBA right now, their reaction range is way high, higher than what mine is. But we we teach to seek to be your best, not the best, right? Seek to really. And so I love that advice to yourself because we get all worked up about things we can't control. Sometimes people are going to be better than you. Yeah. And I think. I think that's a big thing going on right now is that so many, there's so much comparison and in life, so many other things have so many variables. I mean, even in coaching, it's like, like, how did I get this position? You know, I was a graduate assistant at a division two and now I'm an assistant coach at a division one. Like I can't tell you to do X, Y, and Z and you'll get that result. Or when in athletics, you can, some people, you can be practicing ne- next to the same person and they achieve things differently than you. And I think we have to stay within ourselves, push yourself so that you can become your best self. But that's what it's about. It's about becoming your best self, not becoming my best self because they're that good. And I'm trying, you can have role models, you can look up to people, but be your best self, push yourself to be your best self. So at the end of the night, when you put your head on your pillow, you say, I did what I needed to do today. I won the 16 hours I was awake. Not, I spent two of them comparing myself to my buddy. And I still think he's better than me because I worried about what he was doing, not what I was doing. Things like that. Uh, That's, that's an interesting concept. One way to lose an hour is to spend an hour comparing yourself to other people, which really doesn't learning from other people might be a great benefit, but comparing yourself to other people, that's what, that's a way to lose the hour. If you're scrolling through hours of social media, just seeing everything that you're not, not only is it going to have a negative impact on you, but that time could have been used learning, not comparing. So that's, that's a really cool cool insight that you give there. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I ask you about one of our other principles that you're familiar with? It's one compete without contempt, compete yeah. without hatred. And uh, 
as you've gone throughout your playing career, and I know how competitive you are, I know how passionate you are, you've mentioned how much you hate to lose. How have you learned to compete without hate in your heart, but but to still compete like crazy? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good question. So much about competing is having respect for your opponent. So, you know, there's there's lots of times that I went into a game and we were playing a team who hadn't won a game the whole year or maybe had one too. And there's lots of times that I went into a game and that team hadn't lost or I lost a game or two. But each each time you had to go into that respecting who they were. Because if you're not respecting who you're playing, that's when you get nipped in the butt. <laughs> and then that's when you're upset after the game that you lost a game that you shouldn't have. So I think it's having respect for your opponent and then just having, um, obviously this took a little bit, but having the understanding of how fun it is to have camaraderie within the sport. You know, there was times that after a game, you know, you know, the play, the best players on the other team and they kind of know you. And it was always kind of fun after the game, just kind of like you go shake their hand and you're like, you got me. Or it was vice versa. And you're like, this is what it's about. This is why I'm competing. This is why, like, I put in so many hours in practice and by myself and early mornings and late nights and watching film because that's what's fun. That's what's fun about athletics is competing against these teams, these individual players. And now as coach, as a coach, it's like, who has a better game plan? I knew they were going to call that out, et cetera. So I think it's a big thing is having respect. I think, I think that's in the phrase competing without content. You're having respect for your opponents and while you're giving your best effort. Okay. I'm going to give you a military quote. You ready? You could put this in your back pocket. Yeah. We, another, we shared it was G.K. Chesterton. He's a, like a, it was during the world wars that he was a philosopher in England. Yeah. He said this, a true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, mm-hmm. but because he loves what's behind him. Yeah. And, uh, I love that concept, especially with you now at a service academy where mm-hmm. the Air Force Academy is about way more than winning you know they're also about keeping our country safe and preparing to to defend freedom and and all of that and it's like you know what you just said reminded me of that quote that you can respect you can respect those even that you're against um especially in athletics right because if you live went to the same college they would probably be your best friends, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you could let love be your motivator, love for the people behind you rather than hate for the people in front of you. But so often in sports, you've probably seen it where we try to use hate of the opponent or hate of the rival, those right. in front of us as our motivation. And that just seems yeah. to be a very superficial motivation that's hard to sustain. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, there's passions between behind stuff, you know, and that, that does drive that hate, you know, you want, you want that competitiveness, you want that gritty, you want that just, I'm going to come after you, you're going down. But at the end of the day, kind of like you said, like, oh, if we're on the same team, we'd probably be pretty good friends. You seem like a pretty cool individual. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's about, you know, you have your teammates backs and you're all working as a collective to 
knock down this opponent. But that's on for the 40 minutes you're on the four or, you know, the, the hours before in preparation. But it's like afterwards, like if you lose, you're going to be upset. I mean, I'm going to be upset or just like thinking of ways of things I could have done better. But you also have the acknowledgement like they got me. They were better than us. And this is why. But and you also take into consideration she's putting in hours in the gym. They're ma- making this game plan. And that's just what's fun about athletics. That's cool. And you now have the opportunity. We had, we've had some people on from the service academies on our podcast before. And boy, you'll, when, when Air Force plays Army or Navy, that's going to be pretty. (laughs) Yeah. We we, we play Army here this year at home. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And then to think of the service academy realm. So here, they're the biggest rivals, right? I mean, the service academies want to beat each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But then fast forward four years, they're going to be working together to defend the country. And I I love that element. I always try to tune in all the service academy games because my dad was a Marine. My brother, the Air Force, my brother-in-law right now is the director of the Air Force ROTC Mm -hmm. here BYU and Utah Valley University, like military stuff to me is awesome. And but yeah. what I love about watching like the Army Navy game or any of the service academy competitions is I know that those people, though they're competing against each other harder than they'll compete against anybody else, you just yeah. fast forward. It's the perfect picture of competition because you fast really over four years and they're going to be working together to defend the country and maintain our freedoms. I just I love that. Com- competitive yeah. I bet you look forward to that yeah and that's it's really a special I mean it's it's something that I can't wait to be involved in and experience and I think it's almost a bucket list thing you know it's pretty cool that's cool so I told you I'd ask you this question I wanted you to take some time to think about it because I love talking to people who've played for wonderful coaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, because one of the things we do in this podcast is we try to help people who listen to it learn life's lessons through sports. Yeah. It's in the promo of our podcast. What have you learned from some of those great coaches? What are some of the greatest lessons you've taken from your your coaches that you've applied to yeah. your life as you've played sports? I think there is two things one of them would be confidence i there was so many times that i was trying so hard to be a perfectionist in what i was doing that like even in a game i was trying so hard to perfectly run this play that i wasn't in the game i wasn't playing the game i wasn't relying on my instincts um or i was i was a shooter and i'd miss a shot and i'd be like i'm not shooting again i missed you know, um, so I think confidence with that in yourself. And I think uh, my Juco coach was really good at he he I never felt even in my coach at Valdosta State, they never had a doubt that we were going to win. And I think having that type of confidence moves you forward in so many different ways, you know, Um when I lost my last game of my college career, I remember I was talking with my sister and I'm like, oh, like, 
what am I going to do now? I'm not an athlete. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, like there's so many personality traits that you've developed or things that make you who you are because you're an athlete and that's going to translate into your life. And I think that confidence is so big. I think when you're confidence, when you have confidence in yourself, that will take you everywhere. But if you're pessimistic and you're down and you're negative, that's just going to hold you back. Yeah, that's and awesome. my junior college coach and my my coach at Valdosta State, they had they have so many other reasons and things in their personal lives that could be holding them back. But they were just such confident people, and like I knew if. And I could feel that confidence they had in me. And when I felt that, it was like, there's nothing I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would say is just to enjoy it and have, and being yourself. I think there was a lot of times in games before I got to Valdosta State that I would get really down and my body language was very poor. Mm-hmm. And right when I got to Valdosta State, like we would watch like some practice film or some skim film from scrimmages and I would watch individually with my coach and she purposely only picked out spots when I put my head down or I didn't go give my teammate a high five and she's like we we aren't having any of this and I was like what like what am I doing there's nothing wrong and she's like no like it's not like get over it it's not that important like everything else that's coming is more important like focus on what's coming and be enjoy it and be happy and be your best self and like don't feel like this pressure of outside factors to be like create who you are mm-hmm. just be yourself and she she was the most authentic person i think i've ever been around she she could be serious in serious moments but she was just so fun and such a fun personality that i was like yeah i don't need to be like this cookie cutter type nicole all the time and like so sheltered i can express myself and be open and laugh at this and think this is super cute like this little baby doing this is so cute or like things like this and just enjoy life in every second and be in the moment and not just let all these what ifs or what just happened hold me back so Mm. I think being in the moment and confidence is like such a good mix that they taught me for sure. That's cool. So as a coach now, you're moving into, into coaching. That's kind of a cool little, okay, what have I learned? I'm going to instill confidence and joy into yeah. the experience, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. That's awesome. That's a really, because I think as parents, sometimes I've watched as parents have been so like, focused on helping their kids get better or or young coaches they almost remove the joy from the game and if you remove the love from the game then you if you don't love something you're never going to devote enough time and passion to it to get great at it so it's, yeah. it's funny the attempts to help kids become great actually take the joy and the joy mm-hmm. would have been out of it and then the joy would have been way more valuable to helping them become great than uh, I asked someone, my, my daughter, Clara was learning to play tennis and, mm-hmm. and I asked someone for advice, like, what should I do with her first? Mm-hmm. It was super cool. They said, well, for the first year, do whatever you can to make it the funnest thing that she does, because if yeah. it's fun, then she'll, you know, she's going to stick with it. Yeah. 
And, and I thought that was, that was great advice. When I went to the tennis court with her, I just thought, what can we do to make it fun? And we would play these little competitions and stuff. And, and thank you. That that's, that's cool advice to distill after like six years at, well, 10 yeah. years of, right. of coaches instill confidence and, and joy. Okay. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Now I noticed, I think you have on your wristband, you have yes, got it on. How long have you had that wristband? I've had this one since high school. <laughs> so there's yeah. been some streaks of it being on and off, you know, with when you, once you get into basketball season, you got to be taking stuff on and off for practice and games and stuff. So fortunately it hasn't been as permanent as other people's yeah. uh, usually keep theirs on, but you know, something that's regardless principles that are instilled in your minds and things you try to. Yeah. That's represent, you know, I just thought it was really cool that you still have that because I figured, man, you've been traveling all over the country. So I don't, I think that probably is the one you got in high school. And yeah. So. Yeah. I haven't lost it yet. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you ever need another one, you know where to get one, but definitely, definitely. We talked for a second about that, the motto that's on there of eyes up and do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, eyes up, do the work. What does that mean to you? And what does it meant to you? Why do you still keep that on your wrist? I think what it means to me is being your best self without people knowing it, you know, having integrity. Um, Again, again, to this reference, there's so much in our life that gets published. You know, I'm grateful that when I grew up, social media wasn't a big as big of a thing. Getting recruited to play athletics wasn't about posting practice clips and you doing this drill. And these are my stats in this club tournament and, things like that. And it's like, everyone has to know what you're doing all the time, but they don't, you don't, you know, you, you, you're just have to be a good person, (laughs) you know, look out for those who maybe need serve others, do everything you can do to be your best self and you'll reap the rewards. You know, things, things will work out for you. If you do the work and you're looking out for others and for yourself. That's cool. Have you had opportunities as an athlete uh, as you've gone? I know, I know in Twin Falls, man, I went to the basketball tournament this year where the oh, yeah. men's team was the fun environment in there in the yeah, gym. Number one in the country. But man, I was like, holy cow, Twin Falls, Idaho takes their sports very, very seriously. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, great memories. I mean, the rivalry there against Salt Lake. Those yeah. games are this stuff you never forget. Yeah. And so I saw, I know these small communities, sometimes junior college division mm-hmm. two, they take their sports very, very seriously. Have you had opportunities to use your sport light, what we call it, to, to lift those around you, even teammates, those at your school, those in the community? Um, you know, at, at Valdosta State, it was like I had to go to Walmart and make sure I looked presentable because someone's like, you're on the basketball team, right? And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> so I can't think of too many really specific moments. Is that, you know, we did community service things and outreach, and th- those moments are always really special. But I mean, I can think of lots of times where my teammates were just great, you know, and you know, it's kind of hard to think of things that you did to help others and be like, this is what I did. But I can think of so many teams that always my teammates were just, 
exemplar people. And we can we can just even pick out my last year at Valdosta State. One of my teammates, probably the two of my teammates, probably the most some of the most unselfish people I've ever met. One of them was an all-American post player, probably the best post player I've ever played with, one of the most athletic people I know. Um, she played the majority of her season on a torn ACL. And we didn't know that. I knew she was hurting. I knew her knees were hurting, but I didn't know she had a torn ACL. And then my other teammate was basically her backup, but she worked just as hard as any of us. And while our other teammate probably wasn't getting as much time in practice because she has a torn ACL and she's not going to be practicing, she was busting her butt and making us better. But then as a collective, we'd get off the bus for a trip or we'd be packing up for a trip and they're the first ones with bags in their hands and loading this up and loading this up and just our whole team as a general you know you're just doing things for each other because it's important and because that means a lot and that translates into professors coming to our games you're like they're great students they're helpful they're kind they talk with other students in class they ask them about their lives they're intentional and so i can think of so many times my teammates were just phenomenal people and had their eyes up and were taking care of others and serving me. And I think that's just something that I always hold dear to me. And I'm like, I need to be more like them. Yeah. I need, need I need to have those characteristics they have. But yeah. That's awesome. So if you could go back to 10th grader Nicole Hain again, and sometimes I think athletes are in the sport light and they don't understand the impact they can have even on their own teammates or on those in their school. What, what would you, if you could have 10 minutes with Nicole Hain to teach her about Eyes Up, Do the Work, and, and help her understand how she could use her position as an athlete to do more than win games, which I know you did, by the way. I watched you grow up. So, um, But what advice would you give yourself after all the lessons you've learned these last this last little bit? I think it's being intentional. I think something that was taught a lot in this in especially for athletes when I was in high school is just calling people by their name and how important that is. And I think I think that's one thing I would do is making sure that if I see someone in the hallway, make sure I said hi because there's so many times because I was I was pretty shy. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna say hi. I'd kind of duck around or hit around. But that means a lot to people just saying hi to them and smiling and saying how are you doing? And I think I would try to go more out of my way to say, hi, John, or hi, Sydney, or how are you doing? How was your last class? I think just being more intentional with the people I was around instead of just being like, oh, I'm not going to say hi to them. I don't, I don't, that's not my thing. I'm like, you know, I, um, I, I think remember. getting outside myself a little bit, just from like a shyness perspective, I think I've grown in that area going into my professional life too. You know, you, you got to talk with people. You got to connect with people. But I think in high school, I think I could have definitely done a better job at just being better at reaching more people around me outside of just the people I played sports with or people I had a lot of classes with. You know, there's kids I only had one class with in the four years I was in high school. Yeah. You know, and and I could have been better at just saying hi to them that day in class. So I would say that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Nicole, we are so proud of you. We love when we see our athletes from especially for athletes move on and accomplish all of these great things. And I, I just have to tell you, 
one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have you on and to have everyone hear from you is I've loved your journey. I've loved from, from high school to junior college to, to a division two school to finish off at another division two school to being a assistant coach. And, and then I can't think of a better person, a better example to land a division one coaching job than Nicole Hain. And it's just been a, a pleasure to watch you grow up and, and apply the principles so well. Uh, you had them just naturally within you. Um, and your family. I haven't even mentioned here, you're a triplet, three three sisters, the hang girls, you know, and, yeah. and you've all gone your different ways and carved your own paths and, and done amazing things. And, and we just want you to know how proud we are of you. And and we're excited to follow your journey there at, at the Air Force Academy. And hopefully we can have you on as you have these experiences and yeah and games start coming and you start having some of these things you're looking forward to happen in your life yeah. to have you on again and learn some lessons from you well thank you i mean i appreciate it i mean you've been very influential in my life you know and you're always there with a smile so it means a lot and it means a lot that you wanted to take time and talk today and all that so i appreciate it awesome well thank you nicole and thank you everyone for joining the Sportlight podcast today Eyes up, do the work. This has been the Sportlight Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.